You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Hi and welcome to another episode of Faith and Fostering. It's Terry with you today and we have the lovely Jenny um, with us this morning. And Jenny, we are, yeah, grateful for your time and that you're willing to have a chat about all things faith and fostering this morning. Welcome. Mm, thank you. Good to be here. And saving me doing an introduction, I just thought we could launch straight into it and um, you can tell us a little bit about your family um, and how and why you got into this fun, crazy roller coaster, <laughs> foster care and adoption. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so I'm Jenny and my husband's Pete and we have we now have a uh 9-year-old daughter who's our adopted daughter. So as far as how we started in fostering, uh as I was growing up, I always had a heart for uh people who were different and I and in my 20s I started working as a youth worker, so I had a lot of exposure to kids who were really struggling and disadvantaged from lots of different backgrounds. And I'd met a few people who fostered and I just thought it was such a such a great thing to do. This was before I was a Christian and it was um, just seemed like, yeah, I wonder whether I could do that one day. So it was sort of always in my mind of something that would be a great thing to do because it was something that really seemed to make a difference in people's lives. When I first met Pete, actually our first face-to-face meeting, the um, whole topic of fostering came up and I um, initially thought that has he like um, found out about me and is starting to just mirror back some of the things that I want to do. And, but sort of time went on and it, I realized that he too had always had a heart for fostering and for disadvantaged kids and young people as well. So that was, uh, quite, uh, yeah, significant moment actually when, you know, in our conversation when we met, realizing that, ah, oh, this is, God's brought us together and for many things, but it seems like fostering is one of those things that he has on his heart for us and there that might be in our future. But it didn't sort of happen, you know, straight away. It was we actually tried to have our own family and our own kids initially and went through a few rounds of IVF and um, artificial insemination, which failed and we we got to a point where we decided that we wouldn't continue pursuing um, IVF because we knew that there was another way and we knew mm-hmm. that fostering was something that we were both happy to do. So we, uh, yeah, stopped, stopped IVF and headed down the track of fostering. Yeah, so that was how long ago? Gosh, I think we had our first child in 2014. Wow. Yeah, so about eight eight years ago now. Yeah. 
And can you remember some of the feelings and thoughts that were kind of going through you and Pete when you had that first child in your home for the first night? Like it's a pretty big deal, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a very big deal. It was um, I I remember being, yeah, just very excited and very um, I suppose full of dreams for the future of what this could look like and yeah. Yeah, it just felt very purposeful, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And so that little one, how long were they with you for? They were uh, respite, so weekends. So she came for um, a number of weekends, probably over 12 months or so. Yeah, so got to know her through that. Yeah. Yeah. And was that sort of, again, I guess a, another catalyzer for you where you're like, yes, we're, this is what we want to keep on doing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it was, um, yeah, it definitely was a great um, starter. We, yeah, realised that we could we could take kids on full time and, yeah, then that happened too. It happened um, pretty early on in the piece that we did get some kids full time, so... Okay, so did you start with some siblings or was it just one child? Yeah, it was um, our first um, full-time kids were siblings, so there were three kids under five. (laughs) So (laughs) five-year-old twins and a two-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was like it started pretty much like an emergency placement, but there was sort of no future plans for them and for where they were going to go. So there was a possibility of it being longer term. Yeah, so they um, actually came up from Sydney. So there was a, yeah, really, yeah, difficult situation that these kids were were in. Their, their foster carer parent, their mother actually died fairly suddenly mm-hmm. and then the foster father couldn't look after them. So these kids had... Um, had nowhere to go so yeah we we took them on thinking surely it can't be too hard <laughs> and that was a that was quite a a uh, shocking introduction to fostering kids and having them full-time with us a real eye-opener and um yeah a big a big deal since we hadn't had any kids ourselves so this was um yeah a very big learning journey <laughs> So this is, might be a bit tricky because sometimes it's hard to remember like actual scenarios or things, but can you choose two stories from that time that sort of have stuck out to you over the years that you've, I don't know, carried for various reasons, whether learning or it was just emotional or something from, yeah, when they were with you that mm. you think has sort of almost stayed with you as a person? Uh, I think the the little two-year-old, he just captured my heart straight away and he was um, very, uh, he was a very cuddly boy and Mm. was probably the quieter one out of the three because the twins were were pretty full on. So he, you know, my memory is just really carrying him around a lot and him just um, always, always being there with me. And that, yeah, that snuggling, the snuggling of him. So that's always stayed with me that, yeah, that beautiful, yeah, beautiful relationship. And he just really bonded very quickly to me. So that was, yeah, that was one thing. The other thing is of the twins were um, 
yeah, we're obviously understood a lot more of what happened and we're pretty traumatised. They had already come from a um, challenging trauma background and then they'd had trauma in their foster placement mm. as well. So they were, um, yeah, were, were took, took a lot of their behaviour out on each other so there was a lot of conflict between the two of them and that sometimes also was directed at us and I remember one time being um I had the little the little one with me and one of the girl was quite um was just having a a tantrum or well a tantrum is probably not the best word for it was just having having a really difficult situation and she was uh, throwing things at us and we went into one of the bedrooms and just closed the door so that I could keep uh, the little one safe and I just remember that being quite a difficult situation in that I'd never experienced anything like that before and yeah was really unsure of what to do because we were you know essentially new parents um, with this uh, situation where we wanted to love this these children as best we could but we're really yeah really struggling with how to do that and how to keep them all safe yeah and you do I think often that foster on the fostering journey you just find yourself totally out of your depth mm. and you just think oh what am I going to do here and did you find like in those moments like did you pray or did you later on manage to reach out for some help? Like how did you navigate those moments where you're like, I am completely out of my depth? Mm. Look, I think there were lots of prayers <laughs> happening, lots of those <laughs> popcorn prayers like help, help, um, and lots of phone yeah. calls to my husband. <laughs> help, what do I do? Um, yeah, and, yeah, definitely I had people around to debrief with. Uh, but, yeah, in the moment it was yeah, it was pretty challenging. <laughs> it is, yep. And so how long were they with you for, Jen? <sighs> Good question. I think they were with us for uh, possibly eight or nine months is my yeah. sort of memory. It could have been shorter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's what it felt like. Yeah, but they were, they were looking at um, a – placement a longer term placement with us but then a family was found for them so they went to yeah went to an auntie and uncle instead okay and that's also that's also part of the challenge isn't it with all this uncertainty so while you're dealing with these moments of I am completely out of my depth and overcoming those as you go along and learn then there's all these hopes or expectations or wondering is this going to be forever is this going to and in restoration, and those are big feelings that are hard to navigate. How have you found? What's helped you with some of that? Yeah, look, the yeah they have been very challenging uh, feelings to navigate. I think especially because we went into fostering to build a family, so we yeah. were very much wanting kids who stayed with us long term, and so that was. Um, our heart, heart's desire and so I suppose when we were told, especially early on in the piece when we were told that they were going to be long-term, my heart just uh, latched on to that yeah. and so then being confronted with something that was different was 
yeah, early on especially, it was quite a shock and really hard to deal with. I was very heartbroken. Um, yeah. And, yeah, how, I mean, it's just, it's grief and, you know, strong grief that um, you've ha- you have to navigate and um, it had been, yeah, it's been really helpful to have friends, Christian friends and community around to help navigate some of that and my husband and obviously just, leaning into God and just asking to for healing and to help work through through these feelings. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's big and it does stay with you. It shapes you mm. as the person that you become. Like you see that how God uses all of those things mm. um, to shape us and it's not the kind of shaping that we were like, oh, yeah, this is the shaping I would like. No. But. In the long run, when you look back, you're like, well, I wouldn't be who I am now without having, yes, opened myself to that and then gone on that journey and allowed him to work in that space. Because I think when we navigate them on our own, we end up so much more broken because it hurts so badly and you almost want to go into like, well, you do, I know I have, you want to go into self-protective mode Mm. and being able to, yeah, open your heart again is... It's amazing that we can do that. I think that is a God-led thing. Oh, it's yeah, it's enormously hard. And I think like even talking about this first, you know, the first placement, I can still feel the feelings of of grief that were part of that and the yeah, just those feelings are still, you know, are still something that has stayed with me in that it was such an impactful uh time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't go away ever. I think that's always with us, those memories, those feelings. Um, and like I say, yeah, it becomes part of our story and who we are. And um, thank you for sharing. Like it is, it just, I think all of us, we just, when we tap back into those places, we go, oh, wow, there's still so much here um, that, yeah, that still affects us today. And I think that's the impact of people and relationships on our lives. Like we are changed by each other. Yeah. And yeah, that's it's right. beautiful that's and frightening. Right. <laughs> like it is very frightening sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think in some ways you think, why would you choose to to do this when there's so much heartbreak? You know, like there mm-hmm. is a lot of heartbreak, heartbreak, but at the same time, there's such um deep purpose and I suppose even a deep joy in the midst of all that um, and a deep sense of that was an important thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And you leave an impact on the children that have been in your home as well. Like we've had little ones and I'm sure there's less impact in the memories for them but impact in the subconscious of, yeah, you know, what the, how they felt and what's been planted kind of deep inside of them. So, mm. yeah, you do you trust that for all the pain, God is going to use those things for them and for us in the long run. Um, and so, yeah, that helps. And so how did you open yourself back up again after that heartbreak, Jenny? How are you and Pete? Was it like a lot? Like how did you do that? Yeah, good question. I think, uh, look, I think it's just been the ongoing journey of coming back to God, you know, trying to um, 
sort out with God what's going on. Um, not that we get those answers always, <laughs> but, you know, in my heart, you know, having to deal with the disappointment of it and feeling even let down by God that God allowed this to happen, trying to work through that and then realising that it's it's not all about me. <laughs> you yeah, know, like wow. it's, yeah. it, you, I mean, I, we went into fostering with the thought we would help kids but so much of it, it was about us, I think, you know, like mm-hmm. that we're wanting to build a family, we're wanting to um, we're wanting to help these kids, but it's much bigger than that. And it's yeah. I think the the more placements we've had, the more we realize that yeah, it's not about us. <laughs> it's about these kids and it's about what God wants us to do. In the with with these kids and to just serve and honor him throughout, it's you know things don't often with fostering don't often work out as you plan or as you hope. Oh yeah, um, so often. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. To to let go of some of that or you know is uh, has been yeah really important I think for us to to continue on the journey. Yeah. And so overall, and we'll tap into your story in a moment um, with your daughter, but overall, how many children have you had through your home? Uh, so we've had, I think it's 26 we've had come, oh, wow. yeah, come and go. And, and some of them have been very short term and some yeah. of them have been a bit more longer term. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of, a lot of stories and a lot of lives, isn't it, that mm. you get to be a part of? And each of them, yeah, like we were talking about before, each of them do leave an imprint on you, some, you know, much lighter because there's less time and depth but certainly still um, sits there in you. Yeah, and, and each, yeah, each placement's so different. Um, yeah, you just can't compare them in many ways. No, and I think that is something that's been interesting that we've discovered. We've just gone into our second um, t- little two ones that have come to us. And the first time we went in, our children had no expectations because we had no idea what was going to happen. But then when we went into it the second time, they had started to think, oh, it's going to be like it was last time. And it was actually quite a lot of, um, I wouldn't say work, but a lot of discussion to process with them, oh, well, why is it different? And how does that make you feel and kind of go through all of that, which I actually hadn't really even thought about the fact that they would now think, oh, this is going to be the same every time. So you're so right. There's no, you know, there's no two children who are going to come in and be the same. So it is a different experience every time. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, um, it's, it's one of the the beauties of fostering, but it's also one of the big challenges in there is a lot of risk every single time you take on a placement because you just don't know what things are gonna how things are gonna pan out and what they're gonna look like. Yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit of a story um, about your daughter. How did that start out? So our beautiful daughter is came to us when she was two and a half and she came to us as with an option 
at that time it was looking like it was going to be long term. So mm-hmm. that she came in and, um, yeah, initially it was uh, very, yeah, we bonded straight away with her and she did become a long-term placement with us and we were went, then went on the journey of adoption with her and so that was that was another another journey and another process. But she, um, it was f- how many years? It probably two and a half to three years in. She finally was adopted. Yeah. So, and that wow. was a wonderful again, thing. Yes. Can you, like sort of going a little bit deeper? Can you remember like some of the things that you were thinking as that process was unfolding, or a story that you go, "Oh wow!" When I think about her adoption, this is a story that I think of. Ah. Uh, there, I think the adoption process was very difficult um, yeah. as well because one of the things that happens with the adoption process is that even if your child is in long-term care, the, it opens up again for the option of if restoration can happen. And so I think on the in the beginning of the journey we didn't realize that we were fairly feeling fairly secure in the fact that she was going to be with us long term but starting to go through that process of adoption we had to then um, consider that this actually may not may not work out and not only the adoption may not happen but she could end up going to family if they're available and possible and, and yes. that it's possible so that was yeah, that was a quite a challenge for me um, and for my husband. Yeah, during that, that was um, yeah something emotionally that yeah we we needed to deal with. Yeah, and how? What well, because I mean, I can I can just imagine that fear, like because you have those memories of having to say goodbye already, and they sit there, and then you're starting to look at a situation where you're just thinking, oh my goodness. Um, that's, that's really hard. And yeah, gosh, Jenny. Oh, look, look, sometimes I, that's, I I reflect on really. I don't want to make you cry. Should I, I know, I just think of, I really, should I really be the sort of person involved in fostering? Because I don't feel like I'm a very strong, emotionally strong person. So a lot of these ups and downs have been, you know, have really been hard. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's been so many tears and so many struggles, yeah, throughout that um, has just had me on my knees time and time and again. I think that's what makes you the perfect person for foster care, <laughs> really, my friend. And the reason I was just listening to a, a message last night and they were talking about like our weakness is so attractive to God. That is the space that he um, He is drawn to. Um, and we know Paul said like I boast in my weaknesses because in my weakness I have God's strength. And I think, you know, God has taken you on this journey where my word, like your heart feels like it's ripped out of your chest and then just stomped on for a little while and then shoved back in your body. 
But in that, God does stuff that, yeah, like that he brings this healing and he brings this strength of himself and peace. And without it, we wouldn't grow in that intimacy with him. And I, I often think, you know, is there another way? Like can I not grow in intimacy with my father in another way? And obviously there's layers to that. But ultimately it's God's he just draws us deeper into himself through through this, I think. Yeah. Look, I think that's really true. It's um it's like you hear stories of people who've been through incredible physical challenges like cancer and how hard and difficult they are. But for Christians, how often they say how it's been the sweetest time with God and how they've grown in God through that. And so you'd never say, oh, you've, you've got to go through cancer because you'll draw closer to God. Um, but it is, it's the uh, blessings of suffering that, that God does um, draw close to us and, yeah, you feel his intimacy, yeah, and grow in that so much, yeah. Yeah, and stand on that that promise. I think I I need to write it out and stick it above my bed. But you know, I know that it becomes cliches. Well, it doesn't become cliche because it's scripture. But we hear it, but we don't always get the depth of it. But that He will use all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And He doesn't say some things or only the nice things. Like it is all things. And I just am so thankful that we have such an incredible God who does that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh and yeah, we can we can see how yeah, God has been with us every step of the way. We hope you enjoyed part 1 of this Faith in Fostering podcast. You can tune in for part 2 next week. And in the meantime, let's remember every child deserves a family. Love this podcast. If you're a regular listener of Faith and Fostering, please remember to subscribe and to share with your friends and family. We provide the podcast free of charge, but it isn't free to bring to you. So if you'd like to partner with us in continuing to bring you this content by supporting Faith and Fostering, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support.